garçon, coffee. Welcome to the Coffee and Death Six podcast. My name is Kevin Romani. And I am Danny Marchand. Danny and I most recently had a Marvel catch-up. We're now going to be doing the same thing with DC, with two movies that are a little bit more interlocked together as well. And that was Black Adam from the fall and Shazam! Fury of the Gods from March. That is already on Max. We're going to have to get a swear jar out for every time we say HBO Max, but it's already on Max. I also rewatched the first Shazam for the first time since the theater. So that one might be coming up here and there as well. But we'll go in the order that they came out. So we'll start with Black Adam first, starring The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, excuse me. Dwayne Johnson, whatever the fuck. Danny, what did you think of Black Adam? Um, in one ear, out the other. Um, but... I didn't dislike it, I have to say. Um, I sort of enjoyed that one, or this one, rather, since we're talking in the present tense. Um, Definitely felt like The Rock's attempt to build a superhero universe around himself, um, as opposed to an entry in the DC universe. But the DC universe, having each movie be about something different, is, is the formula. So that didn't bother me. Um, There was a lot of stuff in Black Adam that I actually kind of not loved. I just thought it was neat to see in a movie of this, of this size. Um, And uh, a lot of the character, like Pierce Brosnan's character was, was very fun to me as Dr. Not Dr. Mysterio. Uh, Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate. Thank you. I know they keep, they call, they do that annoying thing where they call them all by their, I'm going to say their Christian names. What? He calls Hawkman Carter and Carter calls him Ken or Ken. He's Kent, which is, um, which is very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Kent back. I'm sure that caused a lot of, um, a lot of blue balls for all the neckbeards in the audience (laughs) when they first said that. Um, but then they came later in the movie. Spoiler oh, alert. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and it wasn't that fun. And they're kind no, of it was like a... And, yeah. they're ashamed, and they're ashamed they paid for it. Um, <laughs> but um, but anyways, sorry, not to shame. It's probably them. the most graphic we've gotten. And it was like two minutes in. <laughs> two minutes Just to be in. clear, I'm, I'm shaming them. I'm not shaming, I'm not shaming the sex workers in this joke. Um, <laughs> I'm shaming the disgusting man children. Um, anyway. So yeah, I liked it. However, in one ear, out the other. Like it just was two hours, and it ended, and I was like, "Well, that 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 sure was a film." And now I'm not going to think about it until Kevin and I do a podcast episode on it. I have to say, a lot's coming back to me though. So that does, uh, speak, yeah, that, that does speak to that does speak to to something that I can actually remember things that have happened in it. Well, that'll be. A bit of an advantage for me since I just watched it. Similar to me, I did not remember a lot of Black Panther. It was a little bit more recent for you, and then vice versa with Ant Man. I kind of loved this movie. I kind of loved this movie. That's what I, I was so excited. I almost text you to tell you that, and I wanted to save it for this. So we have a rare, I guess not a significant disagreement. 
I really did not like the first, I don't know, third or so. And then it started working for me shockingly, shockingly well. I had absolutely no interest to see this movie. I barely even thought about seeing it in a theater. It did come out right when the move was starting. So that made it even more. It's like, I'm not going to go see that movie in a theater. I'm not the biggest Dwayne Johnson fan. I'm, I'm actually quite indifferent to him. I, I really don't have much of an opinion. I find when I do see him in something, he's charismatic and fun and I see the appeal, but I never really seek out his work either. I watched the one Fast and Furious movie that got like overwhelming critical acclaim, I think. Yeah, no, I know. Fast Five. I watched that one randomly, having only seen the first one. And I like kind of got the appeal, but he he was one of the better parts. I still Daddy's don't get go to work. <laughs> yeah, I don't is that the one when he has the cast that he rips off? He flexes his way out of a cast. Yeah. So it's that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he I definitely get the appeal, but like I said, I never really seek anything out and him joining one of these I, I think it was a while where he was getting like courted from both marvel and dc to be something and he i believe i don't think i'm making this up like actually knows about black adam and was familiar with the character and, and was attached or excuse me attracted to the character so i i kind of like that he was like no i want to be black adam i want to be this like lesser character in within the Shazam universe. And the little bit I know about black Adam is he's had like a bit of a comic resurgence in the last, maybe like since the new 52. And I think he's sort of like the DC version of a venom type character where he's so popular, even though he's been more of an antagonist that he's turned more into like anti-hero type thing. So I thought that movie like did this pretty well actually it's the dreaded at first like he's he's bad but he's not going to be the villain because he's the rock and he's the star and he's the titular character so it's kind of like the godzilla versus kong thing or batman versus superman that we're eventually going to get to some sort of a team up but what what i why i say i kind of love this is it it reminded me of well, it reminded me of seventy-seven different movies that we can start spouting out. It was kind of like a Marvel. Uh, it was excuse me, it was like the DC version of Black Panther, where you have this like underrepresented uh, fictional. This time in the Middle East, and this time there's another um, MacGuffin type powerful thing that this country has been used to exploit. And they need some sort of hero. Now, the difference being they're like actually like a Middle East country today versus it's not some like hidden magical civilization that and, Wakanda has. And that the, the politics were correct in this film was that the people in the country should use violence to drive out the foreign oppressors. Yeah. But, you know, that's what I so. I, yeah, I like that this movie, it like it said thing. Now, granted, a lot of its statements were extremely obvious and they were for like a oh. general movie going audience like when hawkman and sarah sashi i think is the i'm just going to call her by her actress name because i have seen her in a lot of things wasn't it's, it like adriana i kept thinking of the sopranos when adrian it was adriana all right the archaeologist the, the mother the, the mother the mother the mother character sort of right human hero yeah yeah when they had very surface level arguments about like the oh, middle yeah. east versus the west it's like sure you know what but it works for a movie like this but um yeah the 
So again, I keep I keep stalling. What I loved, the characters. I really loved the mm-hmm. characters. I loved the Justice Society. I loved all of them. Mm-hmm. I loved the Atom Smasher. I loved Cyclone. I loved Dr. Fate. And I fucking loved Hawkman. <laughs> I, I, I did not give... Every time they said his name, I thought of Steve Carell saying it in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Or, or, or The Office. The Office, the not office. 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah, The Office. In, the, in my favorite episode, the Traveling Salesman episode. Oh, great. Yeah, g- g- great episode. And... But they were all, like, they all had something to do. They all had a little bit of a character arc. They were all played by likable, good-looking actors. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of a fucking movie. I'm like, I'm watching a movie. And I think you say this all the time. I'm just dominating this conversation, by the way. I'm going to hand it over to you in a second. But you say this a lot where I think one of the Marvel movies, maybe it was Doctor Strange 2, that... It reminded you of like before it became this whole machine and just every like three, four years you got like whatever superhero movie and sometimes they were kind of garbage, like the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. This just felt like a, yes, it had all the annoying DC interconnected stuff that we'll talk about, but it it just felt like an attempt at here's some like CD level property. Let's try to make something of it with a big star. But they actually made, I think, a decent, they wrote a decent script and built a fine, enjoyable movie, especially the second and third act. Surprisingly, the third act was fairly enjoyable in this. I was, I was amazed. It's. I wish I had watched it again, honestly, before because I'm just I'm going off of months old memories of it. But, yeah. Um. The thing. Yeah. The, the the big thing I liked during them was the Rock's performance as as Teth Teth Adam. Mm. Um, he obviously was like excited to play the part and was having a good time doing it which is huge for a super, for a superhero movie like if the if if the superhero character if the actor playing him is like having a good time like that's honestly like 75% of the battle for superhero movies i, I really do i really do believe yeah. that um and i can see why he responded to the story that it is about like this people and like there was a line. I remember there's a, there's a line towards the end of the, the movie when the third act kind of kicks off when the um, when the surprise twist villain who you see coming, um, oh, not a mile away, but they do a nice little misdirect where I remember there being a scene in the tr- in the van where there's a character who seems like a dick, and then I think Samir's the one that seems like a dick, and then is it Ish- Ishmael? Is it? Yep. Call him Ishmael. Ishmael. Yep. They went that obvious. Yep. Ishmael's really nice, and you're like, "What a nice guy Ishmael is!" But the second he shows up in the uh, sort of the Indiana Jones temple scene, I was thinking, "Okay, this guy's oh, a this guy's yeah. a bad guy." They've done a little bait and switch where he seems like he's the nice guy, but he's actually he's actually the bad guy. Um, but when he's threatening uh, the mother and the son. And uh, the just the Justice Society wants to intervene and say you can't give him uh, the the crown. Was it called the Crown of Sabak? That's a I think right. I got distracted by the name of the demon. It was Sabak, and I that's the name of the card or Sabak or Sabak. That was the name of the card game that Han Solo won the won the Millennium Falcon from. Cybok. Cybok. Yeah, you're mixing. I I know it's. 
his name spells all the powerful demons. Shazam's name spells all the powerful uh, heroes of, of yeah. his time. Yeah. But anyway, Black Adam has a line like, not your son, not your country, not your choice. And I was like, that's so cool that that's in like a big American blockbuster. Because <laughs> there's all, a lot of these movies have that sort of dilemma of like, you know, the saving the one individual. And that was such a succinct, succinct line that I thought was perfect for the, the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, that was badass. I loved that line. Yeah. It wasn't about America. You know, nope. the villains are intergame. They're, it, was, it, was the, it was a really good way to put that kind of thing in a movie for children. And that's the big thing I remember most about watching this movie was I remember watching it and thinking, I would have enjoyed this film as a child. Like, mm-hmm. this feels like it's for kids. This really does feel like it's for kids. It's violent, and Black Adam's kind of scary. So maybe it's older kids, like 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds. Probably for, not to generalize, for boys, for, like, middle school boys. But still, it felt like it was for kids, not necessarily for adult fans of black adam which i'm sure it was also for and i'm sure they enjoyed it but the fact that it was yeah it's intergame as a metaphor for mm-hmm. let's be real america in the middle east and black adam as a metaphor for you know resistance and standing up and against and and kind of being in charge of your country's own destiny i love the transition from he's a guy who wants vengeance for everything that's been done to him to I'm going to be a protector of my, of my city. Basically it's like a city state. It's like Wakanda. Yeah. Um, was it uh, can, can, Yeah. I like that. And I like that. Um, the sort of killmonger character, the, the guy with the other indigenous guy with a different point of view, it's like, no, he's still the villain. Cause He's descended from the scumbag king that they overthrew thousands of years ago. So he doesn't have a, a valid point of view. The conflict is between Hawkman's whole, everything must be done according to international law. And I love that the, the people of, of Kandak are like, get out of here. Like, get out of our city. Yeah, where have you been? Like, you, you, been? you've shown up now. Yeah. yeah. It, again, not... not um not so su- it's text it's not subtext but no, it's but it's pretty well done for like that this movie was like you said it it seemed like it was trying to actually do and say something which none of these movies feel like anymore and yeah i will say while i'm overly praising it it's gross looking i don't i did not love the visual effects or the and most of the set pieces didn't work for me so don't get me wrong i'm not saying me saying i kind of love this is is a little I'm saying it with a little bit of a wink, but I, it was actually the script and the story and the characters and the score was really good too. Is it, um, yeah, I'm going to sound, Lauren, I was going to thank you for saying it first. I was going to say, I'm going to sound like an ignorant American and say Lauren Balfi, but I, I didn't know. Yeah. He's done some of the more recent mission impossible movies. And um, I think he's Hans Zimmer school. I think he's an, a they're Hans all, Zimmer. They're all school. They're all the Hans Zimmer coaching tree, like the Belichick coaching tree. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> did you you got that reference? Very good. Yeah, I got that reference. Yeah, it. Um, I like I said, I there there might be a little bit of there's a little bit of recency bias. There's a little bit of having the lowest expectations. Like 
this the movie bombed i saw the rotten tomatoes score it didn't seem like anybody responded to this the trailer i thought was awful i not only again the look and that ended up kind of being true but the the tone of the trailer was what i was most fearing was like the rock is just a badass and i'm a superhero who kills people and i'm the rock but then it actually it worked like they actually built a story around it that I bought and believed. And yeah, like I said, you know, the first act I was like, Oh God, this is like a, and yes, because he's the Scorpion King. I was thinking a lot about the mummy. It's like, oh, yeah, there was huge mummy so vibes. many mummy vibes. And it's like, if this feels like a ripoff of the mummy, which is a ripoff of Indiana Jones, then this is going to start the ripoff effect is going to be like yeah. this. I'm eventually going to turn upside down and love the movie, which is kind of what I did. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first act is very mummy. Like it opens in 5,000 BC or whatever it is in, you know, like a uh, fertile crescent type setting in the middle East. The earliest, this... the earliest civilization. Yes. Like all the others, there was Kandak and it was ruled by this awful, awful King who, who wanted the what was it was it called eternium or something like that? It, oh my god i i was gonna say unobtainium sounds unobtainium. like I, unobtainium is no longer as funny as an eternium i don't know yeah unobtainium yeah. still has a special place in my heart for horrible names for a MacGuffin. Yeah. but yeah. uh yeah it was that was something that was not well done we can come back to that too i'll get to my bigger mm. criticisms later but yeah the first the little prologue was like, okay, this is kind of, I could go on like a mummy adventure with the rock and DC superheroes. And so I kind of liked that little prologue, which introduces the, you know, the power. So it's the same, it's the same champion and Shazam related powers that we learned about in Shazam in 2019. But different gods because of the era in um, history. So there's no Solomon yet. There's no Hercules. It's, other names that I but it was know. diamond hunsu is as the wizard in the flat which i was a little that was well, kind of catch he's, just, he's the wizard he's just always been one of the wizards okay so he um, predates like whatever i think he predates everything yeah Gi- yeah diamond hunsu predates every everything <laughs> <laughs> so the uh this could be more of a talking point i want to talk about magic versus superhero greek god pick pick one pick one we'll talk about that more with shazam fury of the gods but uh yeah so you you get this little setup with the prologue and then it flash forwards to present day where kandak kandak we're sticking with it's something kanda kandahar kandahar (laughs) it did sound kind of like kandahar that's what i kept thinking it's it's like a it's like a, a name that's fake but is is supposed to sound believable it sounded and it and it works yeah for sure um but we we go to present day and it's as we're saying it's sort of similar to a lot of middle eastern countries where there's uh natural resources and the west is exploiting it they never say specific country names because they wanted to make money i understand that as just like top gun maverick wanted to make money and didn't want to alienate any asian countries (laughs) or iraq or uh, the iraq as the guy next to me as i famously said thought they were in iraq in the third act of top gun maverick (laughs) They were in Iraq. <laughs> you thought they were in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, that was um, okay. that was troubling. Anywho, so yeah, then when you jump to the present day, 
And that's when it started really feeling mummy and Indiana Jones, like you said, they're in this temple and they, you know, resurrect the black Adam character. And Oh God, I was nervous for the movie because the first big set piece is him just, he's in a hood. So you can't even see the rock. It's just a hooded figure moving zippity zippity so fast. You can't even see anything that's happening. There's no fun. There's no suspense because he's limitless power. And then it goes slow motion and they attempt to do their version of kind of like the Quicksilver sequences in the X-Men movies where they play their version. They just did that. (laughs) They just did that. But they but it just looked it looked bad because it was the whole thing. You know, one of the fun elements of the Quicksilver sequences is Quicksilver's moving at normal time and everything else is slow. But this was just everything was slow. But yeah, he's seeing it in slow. So it just didn't quite work. And they were using paint it black, which was okay. Yep, you're taking famous song that's sort of black, painted black, black Adam. Sure, okay. Again, whatever. That's just just yep. tech. I do remember thinking during that scene that the music. I'm like, music. They're doing a painted black riff in this soundtrack right now, and then painted black started, and I was like, oh yeah, painted black's like, is that part? Was that in a trailer? Is that part of this? And I couldn't oh, remember. Maybe because um, the trailer was very bad. Oh yeah. But yeah, the score. Yeah, a little riff, and I'm like, that's definitely painted black. And I'm like, that's kind of neat because he's dressed in black. Like, that's kind of cool if he's in court. And then as I'm thinking, like, well, that's a neat little Easter. Oh, okay, they're just playing painted black. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, they, yeah, not so subtle. But I think after that was when I started to like the movie. Um, there was a little bit of, I didn't like how. It was this whole thing about all oh, the West and you weren't here and you don't show up. But meanwhile, the little boy like hero worships all of the Western heroes who don't come save his country. So I thought there was like a little bit of mixed message there. And that's, I think, one of the biggest flaws of this movie and the next movie that we're going to talk about is they're doing this like we're in D.C., but we're not in D.C. and we're our own thing, but we have to talk about. And this is what Marvel just does so much better, how they do seamlessly weave in all the stories and this one it's just like there's been like one at this point there's been one flash appearance in the justice league but they're talking about the flash and same with wonder woman and superman and batman it's like i don't even know which which batman are we talking about and what well very tellingly it's not images of of the dc it's just the symbols it's just the symbols and comic books from the last 20 years because they understand that people don't give a shit about about the DC universe versions of these characters, unless you're, you know, one of the weirdos. Unless you're one. Of, yeah. <laughs> yep. But it's also at this time. So now you got, you got like your fish out of water humor as uh, oh, there was some Terminator two stuff in there. A lot of, ter- Oh yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think the, of Terminator two. Duh. It's like going to teach him how to be a person. Like you need to have a catchphrase. And that was paid. I remember that being paid off very beautifully in the film. Tell the, tell him, tell them the man in black sent you. That was kind of cool. If I was a little kid, I would have been like, "That's really cool." Yeah, um, and good jokes this, about it all the all oh the yeah, way the, along. The, yep. the the fish out of water jokes were, were good. Um, the mother saying like, "You you can you should not teach him to kill," and he's like, "Okay, you're right. His father should teach him to kill." It's like he doesn't have a father. His brother will teach him to kill. Who will teach him to kill? And it's just like, I like that. I like that. And that was the thing that was surprising to me was that the humor wasn't embarrassing, like the brother character. Um, I thought he was going to be, I thought it was just going to be big fat guy humor. Like I thought the whole thing was just like, I'm whoops, I'm fat. 
Nope. <laughs> he he was funny because he just was a funny funny guy. guy. He's just a funny, likable guy. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of it zigged when you thought it was going to zag. <laughs> right, because then at this time, and again, this was me. Like I think I purged the trailer out of my brain. I knew Pierce Brosnan was in the movie, but I don't think I yeah. remembered he was playing Doctor Fate. And I seamlessly am watching. Uh, seamlessly, I am simultaneously watching Stargirl CW show, and they do, which is actually as far as the CW shows go, Danny, this would be the best one because okay. it's like the least cheesy. It's the least CW of them all. It's like a Jeff Johns okay. project, and they're like the Justice Society of America characters. Oh. So Dr. Fate is talked about a lot and you see him in flashbacks, Dr. Midnight. Um, doctors. So many doctors, Starman, and uh, I think one of the villains that they reference. So, you know, I, I was a little bit familiar with some of these characters, but at the same time that the, the fish out of water humor stuff starts happening, you're introduced to these four Justice Society characters. You got the little connection with Amanda Waller. Amanda or uh, Viola Davis phoned in her performance, literally. As yep, as always. Henry Winkler even phoned in a performance, literally. Uh, but still, but he added, but he, but he gave it. He he didn't metaphorically phone it in. He he like gave it. He gave his it best. To but yeah, I w so when these four characters get into, I'm like, oh god, are, are we? We're like kind of forcing this in now. Why does DC do this thing where they don't? So I had this horrible thought for a second, like, no, they should have all gotten their own movie. And then I'm like, why? No, it, Dr. Fate shouldn't have a movie and the Hawkman shouldn't have a movie. This was a perfect introduction for these little lesser known characters. And like I said, they were all given a good arc and they were all, all four of those actors. Wow. The cast, I like, I loved all I, I saw Cyclone. I'm like, I'm not going to like this character. And I immediately, and I immediately liked her. And then I saw Smash. Henry Winkler's nephew I said oh boy That's and I liked I, that character <laughs> I thought it was going to be Hawkman and Dr. Fate were going to be fun and you're going to have these two irritating millennials ruining everything nope Adam Smasher was funny like that he's running the wrong direction during like one of the battle scenes he's like I'm on your five I'll be there right and he's and then he a big explosion that was like a Johnny English joke he was like <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry um I like that him and Cyclone didn't have like some stupid love subplot, or if they did, they cut it out of the movie and just had, like, uh, a couple of little, couple of little moments. Oh, he like, was definitely into her, and there's a little yeah. flirt, but but like you said, it's not a like love story. It's it wasn't not a part. Of, it wasn't important, and I just love that we never. Hawkman has a mansion in in Louisiana. <laughs> him and Doctor Fate are good friends, and Doctor Fate has a butler who tells him you're having weird future dreams. <laughs> Thank you very much. Pierce Brosnan just looking as delicious as always. And I mean, he is just, he is just the most handsome man, even as an old man with the goatee and this ridiculous. Oh yeah. Just, His wardrobe. Uh, as always. I yeah. mean, uh, Hawkman's had, had some great outfits as well. Who's that actor? I, he's, he's I was just about to say that guy. He he doesn't get a lot of huge roles, but he is he's so true. good. And have, uh, Aldous Hodge. Um, That's a great name. And he's he very good. he's um. Did you ever watch Turn Washington Spies on? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's on, on that. that. He's on that. And he's <laughs> oh, like what a great character! And that that show's awesome. Oh yeah, I knew you watched that because we've talked about um. 
oh my god the 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 ranger character before um that are the, 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 the scotsman the, the scotsman our favorite actor from braveheart thank you thank you thank you scotsman who's, yeah. yeah absolutely who plays who plays jor l on superman and lois on the cw Oh, that's actually really good casting. I can get it. Is that. it is? He's, he is the villain in Equilibrium, one of the greatest films ever made. Um, oh, I haven't seen it in so long. I can't remember. Tay Diggs. Yeah. Well, they were. He was great. Like Hawkman. Talk about like make Hawkman work. It's like few could. <laughs> he. This is this, and this was something that I was thinking of. They have tried so hard to make the Falcon cool. Anthony Mackie in the Marvel movies, like he's cool. Sam is so cool. He, yeah, he's got wings, but it's not stupid like in the comics. Like they're cool tactical operator wings that he used to rescue soldiers in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, here's Hawkman. He's got ridiculous golden wings. He has a mace that turns into an axe. He has a a very stupid looking helmet, but like. Hawkman, it's like that to me is what a comic book movie should look. I mean, it shouldn't look like this. Like you said, this movie was visually very ugly, but in terms of what they did with like the looks of the characters, that's yeah, what should, that's what it should look like. It should look ridiculous. And then you get an actor who makes it work. You know, the fact that the Dr. Fate costume was just literally what the Dr. Fate costume was it's just a guy with a cool looking helmet and a blue spandex and and yellow cape and it's like they just own it and that's something that's one of the things i've actually liked about these awful dc movies is their willingness to just make the costumes look like comic book costumes and just kind of say like go with it like it's entirely up to you not the Zack snyder films which desaturate it and make and try to trick you into thinking they're not no I'm talking like the Aquaman thing of like, nope, he's going to be wearing orange and green fish scales. Like, we're not trying to spin this. <laughs> like, he's Aquaman. Yeah. That's what Aquaman looks like. So I really, I really uh, like that. I mean, Dr. Fake gets like a whole little like, uh, spoilers for Black Adam, gets a whole um, like uh, sacrifice arc that like works quite well. <laughs> Perfectly well. And you get a lot of, they kind of, give you a lot of information about him like right at the end which was yes. like i which i was partially critical of as i was watching it but it's like but if you're gonna have this many characters uh and they did it kind of well like he tells a little story he starts talking about our watching rfa fighters go off as a boy and i'm thinking well wait a minute he's like 100 years old then yeah. and then they let that out and it's like yeah again you don't need a doctor fate movie now no. he p having somewhat of the caliber of Pierce Brosnan. It might've been nice if he could have been sort of like a, a mentor role throughout some of these movies. And then he gets this moment. So yeah. I, maybe I, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of him, but the way he serves his purpose in this story really well, and he gets an arc and he's almost happy to go. And yeah, I like Hawkman. I'm like, I, he's kind of Bruce Wayne. He's kind of like Joel Kinnaman in the Suicide Squad in terms of like character type yes. of team being leader. very like team leader and like it's black and white, good and evil. Yeah. You don't kill. I he all of the, the the running joke with Adam Smasher like me and you like yeah <laughs> we're gonna yeah and he's like sorry I'm sorry oh it's when like, he when Adam Smasher puts his hand up and, and knocks Hawkman out of the, it's great I was like be careful dude you could have run right into me and then he hits. <laughs> 
Hawkman, and Hawk, that's the second me and you. Like you're, you're having a really bad first day. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. I mean, um, man, now I want to watch Black Adam again. I'm, like I'm thinking, telling you, I'm, I. I'm thinking about it, Danny. Because when I first saw it, I was like, "That's a solid three stars. That's a solid B. Like that is like definitely." Not what I was expecting for a DC movie. I thought it was going to be a, a rock ego trip horror show. Nope. He, he like let his co-stars shine and and I don't know. Like it's kind of like I can't wait to see Black Adam too. <laughs> want want. Well, I I I think this is my favorite DCU film. I I but again, I'm only talking Man of Steel to now. I. Sure. I liked this more than Wonder Woman because I, right when when this movie started, when that first set piece mm-hmm. with with The Rock happened, I had the same fear. I knew he loved the character. I knew how heavily involved he was with this. This movie has been talked about. It's been in production. It's been yeah, it's been in production for like eight or nine years. Wow. It's like short. I remember. I wasn't married yet when I first read about the rock starring in a black Adam movie. It's been a long time coming. So after that set piece, I go, Oh boy, here's a, a rock centric movie where it's just all about how much of a fucking badass he is. But no, he, he's very stoic. I feel like his screen time is pretty low. Like this, just these justice society characters get a lot of time. The people of Conduct get a lot of sure they get a lot of K-A-H-N-D-A-Q Conduct we're just going to stick with that I can't remember how they pronounce it in the movie yep they get a lot of screen time there's nice stuff with that city I thought the movie looked good minus the set pieces like you said the wardrobes the, the costume design was really good the city looked good some of the temple stuff was okay it was just the minute any action scenes happened it was like oh god and like, yeah, I hate that when you, video. that's like the Zack Snyder, that type of action. It's like, you can't even see what's happening. It, the it, villain it, was a big monster. In the end, the so just a big red the, devil. the villain was literally the devil, but I thought that kind of worked. I thought oh, because yeah. it, like, I didn't need Thanos in this movie. I, because you got so much good stuff with black Adam and the justice society and them having conflicts throughout, like mostly Hawkman versus Black Adam, like we were saying about, you know, I loved the, um, I loved how Hawkman was, or excuse me, Black Adam's like, well, I wasn't going to kill them because I knew you were going to save them. That's how I basically interrogated. And, and Dr. Fate's like, I, I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I, I just loved how they all started working together. Like, it was a good team. I didn't, I did not think Black Adam starring The Rock was going to be a team movie, and it was no. the best team movie. These DC, I think I, well, all right, maybe I didn't like this more than James Gunn's Suicide Squad, but that's the only other contender right now yeah. for me. No, no, I, I mean, as far as they made a bunch of justice they made a justice league movie and it was a disaster then they made a justice society movie and they did like a really good job yeah um, yeah of capturing the tone and feel of like a superhero team up movie it felt like the um the uh, 2000s cartoon justice mm-hmm. league mm-hmm. um which was technically a saturday morning cartoon but it was like a little classier than that and they had they would they did a really good job of introducing characters like all of a sudden and you pretty much just got them by their dialogue and their act. And you're like, okay, got it. I get it. Um, instead of 
saying, well, how do we how do we lead up to Dr. Fate? And I agree, it would have been nice if there had been some sort of someone steering the ship and maybe like he just appears as this eccentric, you know, English guy who like can tell the future. But like where do you where do you put him in the other movies? And these black the Black Adam universe could almost be its own universe, which I think was kind of the I think that was the plan up until very recent news was that they were going to reorient and make him the center of of uh the dc universe but fate intervened and that is not the case anymore <laughs> dr fate unfortunately didn't dr. intervene fate but intervened. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah like i wasn't aware i was aware that it bombed i was not aware of all the bad reviews so i remember when i came i remember seeing it and enjoying it like not having reservations, just being like, that was good. That was like a fun comic book movie. And then seeing all the bad reviews, I remember being a little confused. It's like, you've seen the other DC films, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what I mean. Like this one had themes that had something to say. Oh, it had a, I'm, we won't say what, but I thought it had a pretty satisfying second into third act twist. I, yeah, like yes. we we didn't even talk well, about I that. It had a want to give away, and I and I didn't see coming. I was unlike I did know Ishmael when he was like, "Do you want to go in there in the temple?" And he made a very obvious. He was very suspicious very immediately. He immediately um, enters the temple, and he's basically like, "This guy seems like he might have been a dick." And it's like, okay, so you're descended from the king, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He it was not there, so subtle, but no, the the twist with it's actually it, kind of nice. It's in it makes character motivations a lot clearer yes and it gives the character something to fight for at the end and i yeah i could not believe like i said 20 25 30 minutes in i'm going oh boy and then it took such a turn for me that first sequence where they're all fighting i thought was so much fun and i really really embraced those justice society characters and yeah, like you said, that you know, you thought the the two younger ones were going to be annoying millennials, like like the Jurassic World characters. Oh God, like, but no, they were just people. They were just characters, and they they even shared enough little backs. Especially Cyclone, she got a little monologue that made her character yeah. make a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's like holy shit. What? So this movie was just a, a complete surprise to me. I am probably, I am undoubtedly overrating it a bit. Um, the third act is schlocky, but I but like fun schlock and it, it had a good yes. tone throughout. It balanced humor and some seriousness, but like I said, the fish out of water stuff, but it, every character had purpose in it and um, had satisfying endings. And I was really, really impressed with black Adam <laughs> <laughs> who knew until the stupid. Teaser. Yeah. Which, and that can kind of be a good transition maybe unless, but I, I recommend it, Danny. I don't I don't want to like sway your opinion again. Oh, I have no, recency. I mean, I, it is a movie I would recommend not publicly. Um, but, um, like I wouldn't tell people <laughs> to go see Black Adam. Um, but I guess now is as good a time as any. Yeah, is this I mean, public? Oh shit. Is, <laughs> oh, I guess I just embarrassed myself. <laughs> I'm okay with us airing all my, uh, dirty laundry about mental health, but don't tell anyone I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh no yeah this is this is um like when my brother said it was it good i was like yeah it was it was kind of fun like it was it was schlock i said it was schlock but that it was the good kind of schlock mm -hmm. um like the last third of aquaman where it's just like the most gigantic battle ever filmed in the history of cinema 
and it's in the Aquaman movie. <laughs> like yeah, yes. underwater. And I have to say, the movie was two hours long. It was two. It hours was long. And when the credits start rolling, I think it's like 152, 155, mm-hmm. something like that. And there's something to be said about that for I sure. Love, I love long movies. Oh, I think like two of my favorite movies are over three hours. Um, Black Adam didn't have to be two and a half hours long. No, <laughs> it was no. Nope. So I really appreciated that. And then yeah, and then I rolled my eyes when they um, Superman shows up and they cheat by playing the Christopher Reeve Superman, the only Superman good film Superman still to this day. He's the only one that they keep cheating. They keep they they bring back Henry Cavill, but then they play the Christopher Reeve Superman, and that's what people are responding to. They're responding to their memory of Superman. No one likes Henry Cavill Superman. That's a fake thing. I don't believe people who say it. It's a, it's a it's a Zack Snyder bro internet it's a thing. Zack Snyder bro yeah. thing. Although I don't dislike his performance. I think no. we've talked about this. It's just the movies that he's in and the uh, persona of Superman yes. presented in the Snyderverse is like is just so baff- bafflingly he's a, he's wrong. A, <laughs> he's a selfish monster who yes. was raised by two horrible uh, flyover swine. <laughs> 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 Kevin Costner's an asshole and Man of Steel, they messed up Jonathan Kent. Um, yeah, so that was weird because they did that in the theatrical release of Justice League. They used the John Williams score, but then that was like kind of retconned by the Zack Snyder Superman movie, which brought back a little bit of the Han- the Hans Zimmer Man of Steel theme is excellent as well, but then yes, John- uh, Tom... Tom, I almost said Tom Hiddleston, Tom Tom, Tom Holland, Tom Holkenborg, Tom, Tom yeah, Junkie XL, yeah. His score had a new music for Superman for the Justice League movie that was more in line with what these movies are like doing and sound and look like. Yes. So yeah, having the like the Lauren Balf score and then the Junkie XL and Hans Zimmer score, but then throwing in the John Williams Superman theme is a contrast that does not work. So studio note or the rock. I know was like super involved in this movie. It could have been just the rock, like play the Superman theme. Yeah. And they played the Hans Zimmer theme. And he was like, what is that? They're like, it's a Superman theme. He's like, no, no, the Superman theme. Play the Superman theme. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Batman's more of the character where if you say play the Batman theme, you could hear three or four different and be like, "Mm, I want this one. I want that one. But Superman, for whatever reason, that John Williams still that cheesy 70s one where he's in underwear and everything looks fake is the one it's still the gold standard oh for sure for I sure like Henry Cavill. he's an extremely likable man um he i just um he showed up and i rolled my eyes and then of course hilariously everyone's like he's back he's back he's back and i think it was like a week later two yeah later, it was objective i'm sorry that's objectively hysterical like it's I, I i feel i'm sure that hurt him like that was painful to have to go through but that's hilarious <laughs> objectively funny for sure um speaking of a movie in the dc universe with cameos that fell out of place mm-hmm. we also will talk about shazam fury of the gods yeah i also have this one I am more in conflict with how I feel about it, but what what is your opinion of this movie? Maybe we'll talk about the first one a little bit too. Another in one ear, out the other, but I liked it less. And Same. not in comparison to Black Adam, because when I saw it, 
I don't think I remembered I had seen Black Adam. <laughs> I was I liked it less in comparison to Shazam. Yes, which is my one of my favorite DC movies. Shazam is the other one I didn't name. I, I'd say my three favorite right now are Shazam. Oh God, maybe Shazam, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and Black Adam. I think are the only four that are like legitimately good movies i've got to watch but you I've, i have lots of watching assignments from kevin i have to watch morbius and I have oh to i can't I have to, wait i have to re-watch black adam because my favorite dc movies are the suicide squad the first one roman and i do i do adore batman v superman <laughs> i love that movie um it is awful but i love it um and i have watched it multiple times um yeah this was a disappointing sequel to shazam but it wasn't like this one i know got like trashed by like i don't think fans liked it i don't think critics liked it i don't know i don't know what its box office performance was i was not good yeah this one although i have to say similar to how i like all the cosmic nonsense in the marvel movies i think i like the shazam magic shenanigans in these little in this little shazam bubble universe where it doesn't really it doesn't always work but i like this weird mix of like wizards and gods and i you know characters referring to uncle aries it's like oh the guy from wonder woman <laughs> he has nieces i like, yeah it's, it's stupid but i kind of again this was another one where when i watched it i'm like this is for kids like kids are supposed to watch this this is this is supposed to be for a child and i just really appreciate that when comic book movies actually feel like they were made with kids in mind like scary stuff but stuff that scares kids like that a kid can watch and not be traumatized by so mm-hmm. this was another in one ear and out the other but definitely not as i didn't have i didn't enjoy it as much um it was too long um and although not that much longer than black adam about the same length. I, I yeah. guess it felt longer. It felt yeah. a little... There was a moment in this movie where I felt like, oh, we're just about wrapping up. And yeah, I on for another hour. Um, <laughs> which is like... Uh, uh, it was really front-loaded with good stuff and then kind of petered out. Whereas Shazam was good the whole time through. And then, in rec- you know, as we're talking about Black Adam, Black Adam is front-loaded with the stupid stuff and then gets better as the movie goes on. Um, Shazam started strong and then kind of peters out a little bit. I definitely agree with that assessment. I want to give you some numbers really quickly since we're talking about it. I feel like we talk about performance and then we don't share the numbers. But Share the numbers. Let's share the numbers. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, came out in March. It is the 14th highest grossing movie of 2023. And it's a DC, it it made $57 million, which is not good. Uh, Its budget was probably, I would think, $150,200, something like that. So that's, uh, and it only did one only, but you know, for, you know what I mean, for a tentpole release. Within its genre. Yeah. Worldwide, uh, $133,000,000. So comparing that to Guardians 3, which is still in its release is the second highest grossing movie and it's made $323 million in America. And even Ant-Man made 214. So that's telling you how low, uh, how low Shazam is. And I think the first one did okay. So the first one, funny enough, the last time I saw it, I saw it the day 
the weekend Avengers Endgame came out because <laughs> Shazam came out like a couple weeks before it, I believe. And I remember just seeing the lines going out the door to see Avengers Endgame. And I just sneaked right, walked right past him. I saw, shout out to Ben Aylward, a uh, good good buddy of mine. I saw him in line to see Avengers Endgame. He's like, oh, are you going to see it? I was like, no, I'm going to see Shazam. You saw the it, movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. I was there like two days later to see Endgame. But I did see, uh, I did see shazam first and now black adam so black adam did actually okay i think it did better than i suspected it was the 11th highest grossing movie of last year and it made 168 million dollars so that's not bad but it made so it made over 100 million more than shazam 2 and shazam and and it made almost 400 million worldwide so that actually did like okay it was supposed to be, I think, with the star power and the DC and all that. I think it was supposed to do better, but that's not like embarrassing bad numbers. No. That's like I'm sure they made money, and you know I'm sure it'll continue to do decent in streaming and, and all of that. So, um, but yeah, but going, I I really did like the first Shazam. Talk about fish out of water humor. I mean, it that was big, but superhero they made those jokes really well they were funny i just watched it again i a lot of the jokes hold up and similarly it has a good script with good mm-hmm. characters and good motivation and billy batson in particular has a really satisfying character arc and it, the, that movie ended really well with both from like a superhero rah rah perspective and from a thematic script perspective is the movie in the third act ends with Billy realizing he needs his family, both metaphorically and he actually needs help to save the day. And all of the other foster kids that he lives with his brothers and sisters become the other champions. And it's like, wow, that's a really emotionally satisfying way to end your movie. I agree with you starting this one. Like I really like this movie so far too. Like I thought that it had really interesting ideas of, well, now you have these foster kids who are kids and there's so many different ages and it's like, how are they responding to being superheroes? And I feel like they utilize that pretty well. Like you have the one character who has a physical disability who really gets wrapped up in being his superhero self because he can, you know, he's, he's handsome. He's Adam Brody. He's handsome. He's likable. He's charismatic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he doesn't unfortunately have what, what, what ails him and it, and it makes him cooler in his eyes. And, and then that really did have a lot of good payoff with his relationship with Rachel Ziegler throughout the movie. So like that was well done. And then you have Mary who that was started. Maria. What's that? That was Maria from West Side Story. It was. Yeah. 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 Oh, she was. Oh, I was like, is that Maria? Yeah. Yeah. She's a good actress. I, I, and oh, she's, she's about to blow up too. Cause she's going to yeah. be in the, um, uh, the hunger games prequel or whatever it is. Oh. The, the song of birds and, Birds, the birds and the the birds and the bees, the ballads of the birds and the bees. I think it's, it's called. Well, about Donald Sutherland, right? Like what, <laughs> the orange juice business. I assume is what. Is what I sure. I think I maybe some some okay. degree of that. I think that's definitely what's happening. Mister X. It's going to be a, an origin story of Mister X, <laughs> Donald Sutherland. It's going to be a crossover. Uh, but this, um, whole plot, this whole season is just leading up to our JFK. Our JFK season. eventual, <laughs> which. We'll do in honor of the assassination of JFK, probably <laughs> this year. 
we'll get there eventually. They tried to stop him from asking who. If I give you the name of the big enchilada, you know. Do I have to spell it out for you, Mr. Garrison? Then it's Bon Voyage Dino. They tried to keep him from asking why. That's a real question, isn't it? Why? The government's gonna jump all over your head, Jimbo. Why was Kennedy killed? By the same people that killed us, Pop. Nobody's gonna kill us. Who benefited? You have any idea what you're getting yourself into, Daddy-o? Who has the power to cover it up? That was the problem with this movie is I actually, you said it wasn't a good sequel for the first half or so. I thought it was a good sequel because it wasn't redoing the same movie. It had fish out of water humor, but like sparingly just the, the little bit of leftovers of seeing Zach, you know, Levy being a, like a goofball acting like a 14 year old kid. So like that worked well, but it was otherwise trying to do its own thing. And it was Billy now that he's accepted this family but now he doesn't want to get hurt again. So now he's holding on to them a little too closely when they're trying to, you know, build their own lives. So like really good initial setup to the movie, but then it just, it got off the rails. It got too involved with the villain plot. I was getting confused with what their goals were and what the, their powers were and who was doing what and how was Diamond Hunsu alive again. I, I, I don't, that wasn't really clearly explained. I don't think. I think when he turned to Ash, he went into, you know what? Never mind. He went to like a realm, the God realm or something. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Then, yeah. It was weird. And like the, the three sisters, the daughters of Atlas, they could have done more with connecting the two themes. They tried, they, they, they tried a little bit. To be like, here's a set of siblings who don't get along but work together, and here's a set of siblings that don't get along who work together. Um, but they didn't really do the best job. Yeah. Um, the 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 little reveal comes very early in the movie, and, and obvious. Unlike the Black Adam one, this one was obvious. Super obvious, but it would have been more impactful if it came maybe a little later. Um, I mean, obviously, like Helen Mirren and. Uh, Lucy Lou sell it because they're just kind of good at like they were having fun like they did a good job of like being like we are goddesses who do whatever we like they did a good job but it's just like what's their goal like they planted yeah. what where there's a lot of there was a lot of like non like exposition nonsense yeah um, but like the performances sold it and it's like it was trying to figure out like they should have done a uh, Helen Mirren's character seemed pretty evil until all of a sudden she was only just kind of indifferent to make room for Lucy Liu, who's now the evil one. And it's like, that happened very suddenly because it seemed like Helen Mirren was running the show and that she was evil. Um, the jokes in this one weren't as good as the jokes in the first one. They were a bit more pop culture-y, a bit more references to other things, which I hate when superhero movies do that. Like, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it just it just does like i don't like it like in which one of the marvel movies spider-man yeah, i know he references he re, he's like always referencing movies like civil war he references empire strikes back for how to take out ant-man no, and then um yeah. star wars doesn't exist come on knock it off like, yeah you, have, you need to like draw a line where like history changed and it needs to be like before star wars <laughs> like it people we don't need movies like that in this universe because there are superheroes like superheroes are that do fulfill that entertainment. So I didn't like it when he was like, I've seen all the fast and furious movies. It's like, Oh, I wonder what was on the internet when they wrote this script. Like they were trying to do the whole, they were trying to capitalize family. on the, on the family meme. It's like, yeah, but the movie's going to come out 
in four months. Like that's gonna be. And Helen Mirren's in those movies, so that's extra annoying. That's right, and so is Black Adam. Who, if they yes. ever did a crossover, it's like yeah, yeah. So that's annoying. That's like really annoying. That like, um, like Peter Quill, it works because it's stuck in an extremely specific era, and they, he doesn't make jokes about um, Star Wars. He doesn't. The Guardians movies aren't him going around being like, "This reminds me of Star Wars." Like, no, he's just talking about Footloose and like lame, cheesy '80s stuff. Night Rider. Night Rider. It works yeah. much better. Um, but yeah, like all that stuff and and Endgame when they're talking about time travel rules and it's like, well, "Was it like Terminator?" Is like Back to the Future? It's like, shut up. Those movies, like, that's so annoying. I find that so irritating. Um, whereas the first Shazam, the jokes were just kind of like, he's a little kid. And now he's a superhero. Of course, what 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 would he do? This, and then accidentally a supervillain comes to town, and he's like, "Oh shit, I have to like actually do something." Yeah, <laughs> like the gag of of him and um, never mind, Mark Strawn. Him and Mark Strawn, yep, uh, facing off, and Mark Strawn's like, "I will tear your heart out and eat it on a platter." And Billy's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they're far away from each other, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the like, really funny. <laughs> the first one is a great script. It really is. It yeah. it has like, yeah, what a great joke. The first thing a fourteen year old would do when he's in an adult body, I'm gonna go buy beer, and then <laughs> and then they spit it out. It's like that's funny. Like it's funny. universally funny to kids to adults. That works really well. But again, the uh, the emotional payoff, the him resisting the family and searching for his mother the whole time, and that is like a bummer of an ending. And it, but it. Yep works on a story level, works on a character level, an impressive little movie. And I think that was when I started getting more optimistic about DC was when we were done with Justice League and Zack Snyder. And then we were making smaller Shazam like movies. And then later the one I'm still Danny, I keep naming DC movies that I actually kind of like the one that I always forget exists. Birds of prey that you told me was good. And I said, bullshit, it's good. That's Danny just trying to be like, oh, no, I liked Birds of Prey. And then I watched it and it was good. <laughs> so I'm actually saying this now. And I'm like, maybe I like more of these movies than I think I do. But it's all the smaller ones. And I think every time yeah. I think about DC, I think about Wonder Woman 1984. And I think about Batman v Superman and Man of Steel and Justice League and all these like misguided awful like not good bad movies like bad bad movies but fascinating though see they've always been more interesting to they me. are fascinating they've always but, been more interesting because there has never been until quantum mania there has never been a marvel movie that was like bad yeah it was always just like oh that was a bland cheeseburger like it was always bland solid or every once in a while like ooh, that one was that one kind of popped um so like standard it's it's the mcdonald's movie franchise it's just like you can it's just it's popular it's everywhere they do the same thing at every location basically dc has been this like dc made a monster out of superman it yeah, made yeah like, it made wonder woman the the uh like most stereotypical girl female character ever yes. in in 1984 it's like how did that happen how did you screw that up it's all about like 
violence and choosing to be in the world and how do you use your superpowers and then Wonder Woman 2 is just like oh my god I missed my boyfriend so uh, work sucks and I just <laughs> like, I just oh. wish my boyfriend was here it's yeah it's just what a, and it was written by Patty Jenkins that's what's so like baffling to me I I don't that movie is a is a is a wonder no pun intended but and it's like, uh, it's fascinating it's like fascinating. it is you're right it's more memorable like, like how bad it is makes it because yeah. like like black widow i think about that all the time I'm like that movie i can't even tell you what the plot or the villain i i remember so little about it because it was like you said it was just a nothing popcorn movie whatever you forget about it and ant-man is the closest to being like disaster yeah yes. like they they had two completely different tonal things clashing that is like, oh, that's like Batman v Superman level stupidity, bad decision making. What what's happening here? I'd still rather uh, Batman v Superman. Oh, I'd well, rather watch that. Well, one. of course. <laughs> it's like consistently a nightmare. Um, yeah. So the DC movies have always been. It's like every time you meet one, it's like, wow, you are. You're a, you're a strange, strange fella, aren't you? It's like. Hi, I'm Black Adam. Nice to meet you, Black Adam. Yeah. What's your deal? Oh, you're, you're kind of cool. <laughs> you're weird. Are we getting Are we getting arrested tonight, Black Adam? Yeah, but then when you but then Black Widow is like, I'm being I'm gonna be tucked in at eight o'clock tonight. Like, there's no yeah. yeah. Nice and cozy, just like you know her from the Avengers movies. Here's her having an adventure. Yeah. Um, I remember Ray Winstone doing like a Russian accent in that movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He like, the the ballerina accent. ballerinas were yeah. all like assassins and Oleg, you know, I'm, from, I'm from russia it's like no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> olga korolenko was like a was like a robot <laughs> i think so she's like that... a robot. her name's like task the Taskmaster or something like that <laughs> it, oh it is i thought i thought you were making a joke there i think it is the task no for some reason that's that's in there yeah korolenko's characters but yeah they're all very even when they're good apart from the special ones that we've mentioned they're like not like that good whereas dc it's like you're always gonna get something to talk about <laughs> there's always that's gonna true. be something and like with this one it's like it's like not the best follow-up to shazam but then there's there's all this weird there's a big wooden dragon and there's and, like, the, and it looked pretty good too actually i was yeah, i like, this one visually was was better than the yeah. other one was better than black adam it also didn't have the best set pieces but some of the creature design was at least kind of fun and oh yeah like all the little know. greek monsters terrorizing philly like that was kind of you know and yeah it's Philadelphia. like I, I don't know it, it it they're always interesting like it's like huh okay so that's how you made that and i think this one i don't think it was like a studio disaster like david f sandberg obviously really likes the shazam world and i think he got to tell the story he obviously has a third one planned but that's not gonna happen anymore <laughs> no other than well it, the producer of these movies peter safran is the co-executive now with james gunn so if they have some sort of a drug deal to make a third shazam and they if they make a shazam wonder woman movie which i didn't even see that that's what's this movie is probably the closest to being like a bland cheeseburger of the DCU yes. movies because yes. it's like, like we're saying, it was like, it wasn't a disaster. It had some good stuff, 
It was underdeveloped. This one had too many characters and too many attempts at little arcs going on that, like I said, the Mary one in particular stood out to me that it just got completely forgotten about as the movie went on, which I was kind of interested because it's like, right, she was like a smart kid and she was going to go to school. And now this one, she's she's in a neuroscience book or a, or a chem something book. And she's like, well, I should have gone to college. Organic, organic chemistry. And she's like, well, I should have gone to college. It's like, then why are you reading about organic chemistry? Like, so what are you doing? What's hap- what, What's your status? Now, I think the, they, that was another thing that was actually kind of underdeveloped in the first one was the idea of her leaving was going to break the other kid's heart, especially the little girl who her name is forgetting, escaping me right now. Darla. Uh, Darla, thank you, who I love Megan Good in particular. Uh, she's like a standout in the for the adult actors. Mary is the same actor, though. No, I think they recast her, didn't they? Isn't one of them I couldn't recast? tell. I thought Mary in the first one was they did have a different adult version, but this one, the whole time I was watching it, I thought it was the same. Oh, maybe. Oh, it is. Oh, it's, it's Grace Caroline Kurt. She's both. So she's she the adult like, uh, Ren from even Stevens. So I kept thinking it was she Ren. does, but in the other one, I think they did have a different, a uh, you know, superhero Mary, but I think it, oh, they okay. did. They did. Michelle Borth is the one in the first, but in this one, I think they were like, Hey, you're a little bit older. Are we going to really cast like an older person sure. to make you look when, and I remember those two like looked very similar already. And, and the yeah. age gap shouldn't, couldn't have been that big. So yeah. I think they just went with her, which made sense. But yeah, so a lot of these things were kind of introduced and then they didn't have any payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, this is me. This shouldn't really matter. I don't know why this was bothering me so much. I mentioned it, but it's like, pick one. Is it, are we doing like magic or are we doing your ancestors of the Greek gods? Because with Wonder Woman, I never thought, you know, magic is kind of a catch-all word. Like, I guess, technically speaking, they all have magic with their superpowers. But when I hear magic, I'm thinking more like in a superhero context, I'm thinking like a Doctor Strange type thing. But then you have that mixed with like Thor-like characters and background and powers. And then... I think the idea is that magic is what humans call the powers they took from the gods if i'm remembering one of the many exposition scenes in shazam fury the gods correctly it's like yeah w- wizards wanted to like up their magic so they stole the powers of atlas and zeus or whatever and like that's what the staff is it's like a big magic staff but it's like so so okay, so some gods are angry about that like the, the daughters of Atlas, Uncle Ares, <laughs> and then some, right, just such a funny line. Helen Mirren just saying like, "This sounds like Uncle Ares." It's like, and then she gets stabbed. I think as soon as she says that, she gets stabbed by the dragon. So I think I forgot that happened because it was so distressed. They were almost like not committed to making that joke. They didn't. Commit so they. To the bit. That's like they the didn't... theme of this movie. They didn't commit to the bit. Um, but then a god like uh, Diana can just kind of show up, it, literally a deus ex machina at the end of the movie. <laughs> Gre- Greek, yeah, how perfect that a Greek, I that I had the same joke, damn it. Um, yeah, she, sh- but she doesn't show up to uh, help. She shows up to revive, spoiler alert, one of the characters who died. It's like... So she still is a deus ex machina because she's coming to basically resolve the plot because there was right. no ending. But it's in the denouement, not in the third act climax, which I feel so like that's random. usually 
it's just and that the, guitar solo kicks in and it's like really like, although but see and now how fucked up is that so now we're we were just talking earlier about when superman shows up they do the john williams theme but in this one they go all in han zimmer playing it right here oh. It's <laughs> a great theme because right? it's awesome. Yeah, everyone makes fun of that theme now, and it's like, stop it. You liked it when it, you liked it when it came out. Don't try to be cool. It's a cool theme. It's a nice, yeah. it's a nice little guitar riff. Um, I did like. I mean, it was a payoff in this. See, I would have preferred her not coming in to resolve the plot, but I would have. I liked the payoff of Billy has a weird crush on Wonder Woman. And is kind of hoping that one day he can, you know, hook up with her. Like that makes, of course, he's a teenage boy. Like Gal Gadot is is gorgeous. Like, of course, he's like, now that I'm a superhero, like, I hope I meet her and she falls in love with me. I would have, I would not have minded that being the Wonder Woman payoff. It was weird to have her be like, oh hey guys, like you've been having your little side movie over here. Like, let me just do what I should have, what I could have done. <laughs> Yeah, this this movie would have been five minutes long if I had shown up. Um, yeah, which is the pri- I mean, I know that's like a superhero when you start doing these shared universe things. That's always the issue, which I think the Marvel movies are actually pretty good about working themselves around about as well, best as you can be. Kind of don't mention it so that you don't start you don't keep thinking about it. Like they they follow that. That's one thing they like. They get that if you don't you don't have to talk about it all the time in the movie. If you don't just if you don't talk about it. Like, there's no scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Indy clambers ashore the island and he's like, well, I'm so glad I was able to X, Y, and Z to make it all the way from the boat to the island on the submarine. It's like, we don't need to, just don't talk about it. Like, he made it. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Batman um, showing up back in Gotham in the Dark Knight Rises. It's like, doesn't matter. It's a movie, not a math equation. Um, And I I just think, like, that felt like dc frantically trying to like rebuild their shared universe and and they even have um billy join the justice society which which was a funny joke that he's like yes and before they say society he thinks he's joined the justice league and it is funny for billy to say a line like it's confusing to have a justice society and a justice league but like again it's like then he says the avengers though too which which i bet you Okay, you liked that one. All right, Kai, I la- I liked that little post credit sequence. I thought that was a good one. It didn't that made me chuckle because yeah. that didn't feel like a reference. I know it was a reference to the very popular film franchise, The Adventures, um, but I thought that worked on just a regular comic book movie reference, like how in Batman Forever, someone says Metropolis, and they um, say Superman, and I think Batman and Robin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind that. That's stupid, but it's like, ah, that makes me chuckle. Um, there's, uh, I like, it. that doesn't bother me. They can reference other superheroes. It's it's when they reference other genre films that are influenced by superhero comics of the 70s that I'm like, okay, you're make, you're, you're annoying my brain now. My brain is annoyed. And now I'm like, I'm now I'm a cranky old man in the theater and I'm being asked to leave because I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> Because I started yelling at that poor small child. It breaks the reality. (laughs) They drag me away. (laughs) It's like, um, I don't like it when uh, in comics, there was a Superman comic where they referenced Barack Obama as the president. It's like, no, he's not the president. So wait, so Bush, that means there was an Iraq war during? Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, fake presidents. Oh, 
Um, I wasn't expecting to make another CW reference. Have you? Are you familiar with the very famous Legends of Tomorrow episode where okay. Barack, where Killer yes. Grodd? Yeah, yes. you know about that. All right, well, Gr- Gorilla I, Grodd. I mean, anytime I can get my hands on any Gorilla Grodd content, I'm I'm like sign me up. I saw this clip literally a week ago. Okay, it was trending for some reason. I saw it, it too. Oh, oh, you know why it was trending? I can tell you why it was trending because the Flash had its series finale like a week or two ago. So okay. that officially ended what they now call the Arrowverse because that was like the last remaining show of that. So that whole thing is done now on on CW. Oh, so okay. when oh, it was ending, end there was, it was end of an era. And you know what? And honestly, pretty we keep hinting at one day I'm going to, we're just going to have an episode where I'm just going to basically tell Danny what the whole, everything about every season of all these shows. Um, but so trending was, you know, in honor of the death of the Arrowverse, like what was your favorite moment? And that one hit. Someone was like, well, here's my favorite moment. And it was the well, Gorilla Grodd trying to kill that. Barack Obama. <laughs> and that episode is actually really good, which is funny, but that is like schlock at its highest sick. level. Well, yeah. I love Gorilla Grodd. I, oh I yeah, like, oh, he's such a f- great character. They do him pretty well. He was such a great villain on the on the cartoon, just like the ruler of Ape City. Like I love that one of Flash's enemies is the is the tyrannical <laughs> mega genius king of Ape City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's refreshing when it's all like another speedster. Like oh, he's like the season long arcs for most of the seasons were ex-speedster so it was kind of refreshing that the, the guy who runs fast fights a gorilla who can talk um yeah it's it, with t- telekinetic powers there um the first season of legends of tomorrow had um solomon rushdie what's his name um what's the Someone's, uh oh with the fatwa <laughs> that was a joke i no i can't think of the character's name um but his name is kind of like that it's the- <laughs> <laughs> two, things, two things two things first thing i would love an episode of legends of tomorrow where they have to protect salman rushdie from the fuck um there is an episode of legends of tomorrow where they have to save george lucas okay that sounds delightful they this show this show sounds delightful. uh that one was the most fun legends okay. was the most fun and there were only like 13 15 episode seasons and the middle seasons were actually like pretty good. They, I mean, they are very CW. They have all attractive. Well, Arthur you know. Darville was in it, and he's Rory yep. from Doctor Who, and again, I have Doctor Who loyalty mm-hmm. to all all Doctor Who people. You were thinking of Solomon Grundy, born on. A I'm actually not thinking of Solomon like, Grundy. I think I'm thinking of, um, oh my gosh, uh, the, the guy who's immortal. Uh oh no. We're gonna. This episode's Vandal gonna be Savage? Vandal Savage. Somehow, I thank you. I I somehow made Vandal Savage, Solomon Grundy, and then Solomon Rushdie. <laughs> okay. Now I want. Now I want to see Salman Rushdie play Vandal Savage. You know, there that would be. But the guy, sinister, Salman Rushdie has a very sinister uh, look. He does. That he sort does. Of, yeah, the brow, Peregrine Falcon eyebrows, and yeah. Um, um, anyway, Vandal Savage, good poll, Danny. I couldn't remember. Vandal Savage is the main villain, and actually, Hawkman and Hawkwoman are the like main. So they're tied in with Vandal Savage. So Hawkman's a character. I think they've done like a thousand different ways, but in the CW show, they're like Egyptian. They're like the mummy. They're like Egyptian characters who keep getting reincarnated. 
Interesting. So every time they get the, killed, yeah. On the Justice League show, they were aliens. They were Thanagarians, and it was Hawk Girl. And then right. one, of the best episodes of, one of the best arcs is Hawk Man comes, and he's actually kind of a bad guy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great little three episode. Yeah, I remember that now. That was a good show. So anyway, CW, we went off on a tangent. I don't even remember how this started. But Look, we don't have this much fun talking about Marvel movies. It's true. It's true. We just did our boring, like, yeah, Black Black Panther was. Hey, they did a good job, and they did. Ant Man and the and the Wasp was like that was a misfire. But then, um, yeah, like I said, the Black at I was almost grouping all these together, going, well, the Black Adam movie is going to feel like watching Ant Man and the Wasp, and then it just had all these surprises. And yeah, so to give a final verdict on Shazam: Fury of the Gods, do we even talk about this movie? Um, it was. <laughs> It was good. I I didn't love it. It's not as good as the first one. It's messier. It's I'm not sure what it's like you said. I think there was trying to be a dual family storyline that was not well executed. There were too many characters, too many things set up that didn't have payoffs. Uh, you know, the the action set pieces are whatever, but at least this one did have some fun creature design and some yeah. neat special effects and yeah, the, the the very ending was bizarre, as we just talked about. Um, spoiler alert. But yeah, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if this little universe kind of gets salvaged by James Gunn. Because I, I with the Black Adam thing, I after seeing those numbers again, I think there could be a future there. I think they I, could make... Yeah. I think it's fun. I think it's a fun little conceit. Um, and maybe they crammed... Uh, Wonder Woman into Shazam 2 to sort of maybe justify bringing her back and, and not bring um, all the other fun stars of of the uh, <laughs> of the DC extended universe. So like I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. We'll have to sort of reconvene when the when the Flash um, excuse me, Batman parentheses also the Flash is in this. Batman <laughs> 3 <laughs> the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> three the flash uh comes out this summer because that one seems very connected to man of steel and yet tom cruise said it was like the best superhero movie he's ever seen so that's interesting to me (laughs) and what possibilities will that movie create for what directions they can go in thanks to the time travel and multiverse and yada 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 so yeah that one I will be seeing opening weekend come hell or high water. Cause... Oh no, I want to see it. I mean, that right there is an interesting, like Marvel has a problematic star who is part of their future at the moment. Um, oh, thank you. Yep. It took me a second. I'm, I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And they're kind of like, sort of like Chris Pratt, you mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I'm just kidding. Knows? I don't know. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, what, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan majors. Major. Yeah. Yeah. He's in trouble. And they're sort of like, oh, what do we do? Contrast that with DC, who uh, Ezra Miller, they committed, I think, every crime that you can commit yeah. <laughs> in the space of like a week. Yeah. And they're just like, hey, you know what? He's really good in the movie. We hope you show up and see it. It's like, even that, the way, that, even the way they handle that is so much more bizarre than, than Marvel's like safe corporate all right, damage control. What do we do? Let's not say anything. Warner Brothers DC are just like, oh yeah, we're really excited for it. I hope you see the movie. We totally stand by Ezra and and, and their crime spree. 
And uh, counteract that with, or they go the other extreme and they go, you know what, Batgirl, we're not even releasing it. Like, we're not even, it's just gone. And that has Michael Keaton in it. Like, somewhere there is a Michael Keaton Batman performance, Brennan Fraser as a villain, and it's just not going to ever see the light of day. There's a lot of weird things going on. some wacky producer's plot where someone was like, oh, you can make more money with not releasing it than with releasing it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That sounds like the producers. It is. It's it's yeah, literally it's... they just decided to scrap it to make money. Um, yeah. Sad. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. DC never it's always a wealth of conversation. Who knew? Who knew? DC. So don't care. Black Adam surprising high recommendation from Kevin, a little less from Danny, but give it yeah. a shot. Give it a shot. It's only an hour 50 minutes or so like we said. Yeah. Um if you don't like it, you got to get through that first act though and then um i think you really should give it a chance because i was pleasantly surprised by that film uh the rock i now feel i feel like he was annoying when he got like fired or whatever when they were like they're not making two and he's like oh my god i'm so that made me even less interested in it because then i still thought it was his vanity project and now that i've seen the movie i no longer view it as a rock vanity project so no he just understood what they should do for a super like he kind of gets the tone Maybe in ten years, this that one will be appreciated as like the brief moment where they kind of knew what the tone was supposed to be. Yeah. Of course, who is it? It's The Rock, the guy that takes himself very seriously and not seriously at all. Like that's a perfect guy for a superhero movie. Definitely. Yep. And then, yeah, Shazam two. Yeah, I mean, if you like the first one, I'd recommend it. But like, that's a that's a tougher one for me because I liked it and I'm I'm pot committed as as we say. To the, to the Shazam, I still want to see that caterpillar again. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll get something. Well, maybe they do the cross. That was another. I'll briefly just mention. I did think it was very weird that these two movies came out in close proximity. They're obviously extremely connected. They reference Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all these other, but they don't mention each other at all. I thought it was kind of strange that there was nothing in Black Adam like, hey, there's a guy that like has your powers in Philadelphia. Or vice versa, and it just didn't even happen. So that was weird. It'd be cool if James Gunn's DC Universe, his little phases, are all leading up to their Thanos' Mr. Mind, the little telepathic caterpillar. That would be hysterical and very on brand for James Gunn. It would be very, yeah, for like his um, starfish villain and all that. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. So we'll be back for we are finally going to talk about Guardians 3. So we'll talk more about James Gunn and his future after that one. And then The Flash will be right around the corner there, too. So and then Indiana Jones. But well, that'll be a conversation for another day anyway. So thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back to talk about Guardians very soon. It will almost be an honor to kill you. You will not escape. Grodd will complete his mission. Time to make America Grodd again. I want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life.